The United States government is the world's worst violator of international law. It is the worst rogue regime on earth. No other country comes even remotely close to violating international law as much as the United States. That should not be a controversial fact. Maybe for people in the bubble of the corporate media in the US it is, but everyone around the world can see that. And uh, we have such a clear example of this with the United Nations. Now, the United Nations headquarters is located in New York City, in Manhattan, in the United States. And in 1947, the US government signed a headquarters agreement, also known as the Host Country Treaty, which says that because the US is the host country of the United Nations, and the United Nations has 193 member states, the US must allow all of the 192 other member states free passage to travel to New York in order to attend UN meetings, to speak at the UN, to join in UN efforts. The US is supposed to be a neutral actor. The UN headquarters is supposed to be neutral territory, but the US government constantly violates that agreement, blatantly violating international law, spitting on international law in a way that no other country on earth does in no way. No country comes close to this sheer rogue behavior. I mean, it's truly mind-blowing, the kind of criminality that we're talking about. We just saw the latest example of this rogue regime behavior this September. On September 2nd, Reuters published an article titled, Russia says no U.S. visas yet for Lavrov visit to United Nations. It notes that Russia has asked for 56 visas from the United States to allow Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and his delegation to travel to New York for the annual gathering of world leaders at the United Nations this month, but so far has received none. Russia sent a letter complaining to the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres and Russia's UN ambassador said this was, quote, alarming because during the past several months, Washington had, quote, been constantly refusing to grant entry visas to a number of Russian delegates for other UN events. And under Reuters notes that under the 1947 UN headquarters agreement, the United States is generally, no, not generally, is required to allow access to the United Nations for foreign diplomats, period. Not generally. It is required. All countries that are members of the United Nations, which is 193 countries, have the right to send diplomats to the UN to participate in UN events. It doesn't matter if the US government doesn't like that country. By signing the host agreement in 1947, the US said, we allow all countries to come here. But the US constantly, every single year, violates this agreement. The entire world should unite and say, we need to withdraw the UN headquarters from the US. This is unconscionable, illegal, criminal behavior. The US government is not, a, is not allowed to say what the United Nations will do. The United Nations is supposed to be a voice for every country on earth, not only for Washington. And yet both parties in the United States, Democrats and Republicans, treat the UN as their imperialist vassal, as a puppet, and violate international law, not only on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute basis. Here is another example of this back in January 2022 
under the Trump administration. So the Biden administration is denying visas to Russian diplomats to go speak at the United Nations. Here's an example of the Trump administration doing the same thing to Iran. This is an article in Foreign Policy titled Trump administration blocks Iran's top diplomat from addressing the UN Security Council. It notes the Trump administration is barring Iran's top diplomat from entering the United States this week to address the United Nations Security Council about the U.S. assassination of Iran's top military official. Of course, they're referencing Qasem Soleimani, who is the top Iranian general and government official who was murdered by the U.S. in a drone assassination, an act of war, an act of terrorism. The U.S. murdered a top government official of Iran in a blatant act of terrorism. And this article in Foreign Policy notes that Washington's refusal to give Iran's foreign minister, Javad Zarif, at that time, a visa to enter to speak at the United Nations. Foreign policy admits that this violates the terms of a 1947 headquarters agreement requiring Washington to permit foreign officials into the country to conduct UN business. This is a blatant violation of international law. This is criminal behavior. The U.S. is violating international law. The Iranian government was awaiting word when a Trump administration official phoned UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres to inform him that the United States would not allow Zarif into the country. Zarif is a reference to Javad Zarif, the former Iranian foreign minister. So blatantly criminal behavior. Here's a quote from Larry Johnson, who is the former UN Assistant Secretary General. And he told Foreign Policy magazine, any foreign minister is entitled to address the Security Council at any time. And the United States is obligated to provide access to the UN headquarters district, period. That is international law. The U.S. cannot do that. If the U.S. doesn't want to allow these countries to speak, the UN headquarters should not be in the United States. It should be in another country. This is such illegal criminal behavior. Why am I so angry about this? Because these criminals who run the U.S. government truly see the rest of the world as garbage. They see the rest of the world as just people they can spit or and just bully, push around, overthrow their governments, organize coups, meddle in their elections, invade them, destroy their countries, impose sanctions. And then if they don't like them, if, if, if the U.S. is unable to overthrow an independent foreign government, then the U.S. prevents them from participating in the United Nations. And no country on earth should tolerate this. The, all of the other countries in the United Nations, again, there are 193 member states. They should unite, at least the vast majority, who aren't U.S. puppet regimes, which is the vast majority of them, and say, this is unacceptable, intolerable. This should not be allowed. Anyway, let me continue here. Under the terms of the U.S. agreement with the United Nations, quote, they are absolutely obligated to let him in. He's talking about the Iranian foreign minister, Zarif. But it's also true for Russian officials, for Venezuelan officials, for all government officials around the world. They have the right to enter the United Nations. This guy, Larry Johnson, who is a former UN Assistant Secretary General, He's now an adjunct professor at Columbia University Law School. He notes that the U.S. government, the U.S. Congress, passed 
a law that granted the U.S. government the authority to bar foreign individuals invited by the U.N. to attend meetings at the headquarters if they're deemed to pose a threat to so-called U.S. national security. But that, that's a domestic U.S. law. That's not international law. Washington does not create international law. The U.S. can't just say, well, uh, well, our domestic law is more important than international law. Therefore, we have a law forbidding Iranians and Venezuelans and Russians and Chinese and Venezuelans and Nicaraguans and Cubans from attending. No, that's not how international law works. And this guy who is this guy, Larry Johnson, the former U.N. Sec Assistant Secretary General, he said this this domestic U.S. law would is only applicable if the individual is expected to commit some act against the U.S. national security interest while here in the United States. Like they're going to plant a bomb or something. This is ridiculous. This article in Foreign Policy points out, this is not the first time that the United States has prevented a foreign adversary from entering the country to attend a U.N. gathering. In 1988, the Reagan administration, another war criminal who should, who should have been tried at the Hague and in prison for the rest of his life, the Reagan administration barred the Palestine Liberation Organization leader, Yasser Arafat, from addressing the UN General Assembly on the grounds that he supposedly posed a threat to US security. In response, the UN General Assembly traveled to Geneva, Switzerland to hear Arafat's speech. And they should do that again. The UN should absolutely not be in the United States. It is absurd that it is there. Also, when Libya's leader, Muammar Gaddafi, who was murdered in a NATO war of aggression in 2011, when the, when the U.S. and the Western imperialist powers launched a coup in Libya in 2011, which started a civil war, which started not a civil war, which started a war war, an international war, an imperialist war, and then NATO militarily intervened, the U.S., Canada, Britain, France, Norway, they bombed Libya to overthrow and destroy the Libyan government. And still today in 2022, there's no central unified Libyan government. Well, the Libyan government tried to send someone to speak on behalf of their government. And of course, the U.S. government refused to allow Libya to speak on behalf of itself in the United Nations. By the way, not, not so well-known fact, fun fact, Nicaragua's Sandinista government offered Libya to speak on behalf of Libya at the United Nations because the U.S. criminal rogue regime would would it refused to allow the Libyan government to speak at the United Nations in a blatant violation of international law. Now, there are so many examples of this, of this criminal behavior by the U.S. rogue regime. Here's an article in a right wing Argentine media outlet called Infobay in April 2020, April 2020, under the, the Trump administration. It's titled United States warns about immediate arrest of Nicolas Maduro if he arrives in, in its territory. And this article notes that the Justice Department of the United States, through a spokesman, said that the so-called dictator, that is the democratically elected president of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro, would be immediately arrested if he arrived on U.S. territory for any reason, including if he travels to visit the headquarters of the United Nations. This is another blatant violation of international law. The U.S. can't just say Venezuela is not allowed to participate in the United Nations because we're hosting the U.N. headquarters. This is a blatant violation of the 1947 headquarters agreement.
these the spokesperson for the U.S. rogue regime said, "quote Nicolas Maduro will be arrested if he is in the United States. The U.S. government does not recognize him as a head of state. Head of state immunity does not apply to him, according to the the spokesperson for the U.S. Justice Department. But the U.S. doesn't decide who leaders of countries are." The United Nations still always recognized Nicolas Maduro as the legitimate democratically elected constitutional president of Venezuela. By the way, along with the majority of countries on earth, two thirds of countries on earth, even at the peak of the US led coup attempt against Venezuela in 2019, two thirds of countries on earth still recognized Maduro as the legitimate constitutional president of Venezuela. The US can't just decide who the leader of a, of a country is. We're talking about a global dictatorship. The US empire truly thinks it's the global dictator. It can decide who is president of any country on earth, and it can deny the right of a country to participate in the United Nations. The US is the most authoritarian regime in human history because no country on earth has ever been able to carry out these authoritarian policies outside of their borders like this. In the same way, of course, there has been the brutal genocidal British Empire and French Empire and the Nazi regime with all their wars. The U.S. government says that it controls all of planet Earth, that the entire planet belongs to the U.S. Empire and every country on Earth has to abide by U.S. local law, which is why the U.S. is trying to extradite Julian Assange, an Australian national, to imprison him for the rest of his life for the so-called crime of doing journalism, despite the fact that he's not a U.S. citizen. I mean, this is a global dictatorship. And listen to what this spokesman from the U.S. Justice Department said. He said this to CNN. He said, quote, Maduro would face a minimum obligatory sentence of 50 years in prison and a maximum of life in prison. So this is the U.S. government saying, yeah, not only is Venezuela not allowed to participate in the United Nations in violation of the host agreement that the U.S. signed in 1947. But furthermore, that if Maduro tried to go to the U.N. to speak at the United Nations, which is his right under international law, that the U.S. would imprison him for a minimum of 50 years or a maximum of, the, of life in prison. Global dictatorship. I know people in the, in the West might think I'm being hyperbolic, exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. People really need to get out of this little bubble of Eurocentrism and North American centricism, like U.S. centrism. The, the world does not revolve around the U.S. empire. The U.S. and Europe are less, they're like 12% of the global population, 10, 12%. The vast majority of the global population lives outside of the little bubble of the imperialist West, and they're tired of being treated as colonies and slaves of Western imperialism. The U.S. does not rule the world. It, this, this behavior is just unbelievable. I'm gonna look at one other article here. This is an article, once again, in Foreign Policy. It was published in November, 2019, titled, Trump Turns UN Visas Travel Restrictions into Foreign Policy Cudgel. Although it's not just Trump. The Biden administration has continued these policies. This is bipartisan. This is imperialism. Of course, this is at the time when Trump was president and all the media was like, the majority of the media was like, Trump, 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 Trump. This is not just Trump. 
Trump was the true face of U.S. imperialism. The U.S. could no longer deny the criminality of its rogue regime when Trump was president because he exposed it to the rest of the world. This article in Foreign Policy magazine noted that if you're deemed hostile to U.S. interests, you may face travel limitations, arbitrary visa denials, sudden airport checks, and other forms of harassment, diplomats say. Again, criminal rogue behavior. I'm going to read here from this article. Less than two weeks before the Syrian foreign minister, Walid Mualam, was scheduled to arrive in New York City in September 2019 to attend the annual United Nations General Assembly debate, his staff received a message from the U.S. State Department. The United States would not provide the protective security detail customarily offered to the heads of foreign delegations. But the U.S. government did assign federal police to protect a delegation of Syrian opposition leaders attending the high-level summit. According to a complaint by the Syrian government to a UN committee that oversees UN, U.S. relations with the UN community. So this is another example of the U.S. rogue regime saying, we don't recognize Syria as the real government, even though the United Nations and international law recognizes the Syrian government of Bashar al-Assad based in Damascus as the only legitimate government of Syria recognized by international law constitutionally. Nope. The U.S. said, we don't recognize Syria. We recognize these, these opposition leaders that we handpicked, our puppets, we fund them. They follow our orders. And they, we recognize them as the leaders of Syria. So the U.S. allowed them to attend, but not the Syrian diplomats. Incredible, incredible behavior. I'm going to continue reading from this article here in Foreign Policy. The decision to withhold federal protection for a senior Syrian official is just one among a growing number of diplomatic slights experienced by delegates from a handful of countries with poor relations with the United States during their travels to New York City for United Nations meetings. It reflects the punitive nature of U.S. foreign policy under President Donald Trump. Although, once again, as I said, this has continued under Biden. It's not just Trump. Trump's administration has sought myriad ways to sanction or penalize individuals and countries that are viewed as hostile to the United States or that simply refuse to comply with U.S. demands. It reinforces the perception among some diplomats, among many diplomats in countries around the world, by the way, that the United States has contempt for the United Nations. And not only for the United Nations, the U.S. empire has contempt for the entire world. For anyone that refuses to follow U.S. regime orders, the U.S. has contempt for them. This article also quotes Larry Johnson, which he was also quoted in the other foreign policy article that I cited. He was the U.N. Assistant Secretary General for Legal Affairs. He's now at Columbia University Law School. And Larry Johnson said, it's not the first time the United States has, quote, resorted to de delaying tactics and harassment to keep unwanted foreigners out of the country. But he said Washington has acted under, quote, weak or no legal grounds in denying access to UN headquarters because it's illegal. This is blatantly illegal criminal behavior. That's why I said at the beginning of this, it was not hyperbole. The US is the most criminal regime on earth. The US government violates international law more than any other country on earth. No country comes even remotely close. I'm going to continue here for reading from this article. 
representatives from the UN delegations of China, Cuba, Iran, Nicaragua, North Korea, Russia, and Syria. You can add Venezuela in as well. Say their diplomats and support staff are subjected to increasingly restrictive travel limitations, arbitrary denial of visas and driver's license, additional airport security checks, and curtailed access to banking services needed to conduct their diplomatic work and pay their dues at the UN. According to a report by a UN committee that monitors U.S. dealings with the UN's 192 other states. Yes, reminder to the dictators who run the U.S. government and think the entire world revolves around them. There are 192 other countries on Earth, by the way. And I know you might forget that. Maybe you remember your, um, you know, your loyal puppets in Britain, France, Belgium, maybe Japan, South Korea, Australia. Yeah, but there are 193 countries on Earth recognized by the United Nations. The U.S. does not decide who their leaders are and does not get to say who is allowed to speak at the U.N. So I want to I want to stress this fact. All of this is according to a report that was filed by a U.N. committee. It is the United Nations itself, the leading authority in international law. The U.N. committee said that the U.S. is doing all of this. These measures, they contend, violate the host country treaty or headquarters agreement signed by the United States in 1947. In many cases, the UN's lawyers agree. In October, this is October 2019, this article is from November 2019. In October 2019, the UN Legal Council told the committee that UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is concerned by recent measures, including the U.S. rejection of a visa for a Russian national hired by the United Nations and new travel restrictions imposed on the Iranian delegation and foreign minister after Tehran refused to participate in talks with Washington. The statement said the U.N. was maintaining its longstanding position that the United States lacks legal authority to impose travel restrictions on states in retaliation for restrictions on U.S. diplomats serving in those countries. Quote, there is no room for the application of measures based on reciprocity, according to the United Nations. Now, what they're saying here is that the U.S. says, well, Iran bans U.S. diplomats from entering Iranian territory, so we're going to ban Iranian diplomats from entering the United Nations. That's not how this works. Iran doesn't host the UN headquarters. Russia doesn't host the UN headquarters. Venezuela doesn't host the UN headquarters. The US can't say that Iranian, Russian, and, and Venezuelan diplomats can't enter the, the United Nations because it's in US, US territory and they don't allow US diplomats, so the US doesn't allow them. That's not how it works. The U.S. in 1947, it, it, when it signed the headquarters agreement, it said that it will allow all diplomats around the world to attend the U.N., which means that they could, will have to enter U.S. territory to do that. If the U.S. doesn't like that, then the U.N. headquarters need to leave yesterday. It should not be in New York. The U.S. is a criminal rogue regime that carries out war in, around the world, has sanctions on over a quarter of the global population illegally in violation of UN precepts, in violation of international law, this criminal rogue regime should not be allowed to host the UN headquarters. It is insane that the most criminal rogue regime on earth, the most authoritarian, murderous rogue regime on earth is allowed to host the UN headquarters. It is insane. It is genuinely insane.
And again, I want to reiterate, these facts that I was articulating in this article that I was reading from Foreign Policy about the U.S. refusing all of these countries to attend the United Nations, these were part of a 64-page report that was created by a U.N. committee. I mean, it is truly incredible. This article is very long. I'm not going to continue here. But I made my point here. Yes, I, you know, sometimes in these videos and podcasts, I'll get a little heated and a little angry. But, you know, yes, I'm a journalist. And I try to be objective with the facts. But this, this illegal, criminal, murderous behavior that the U.S. rogue regime carries out, it has affected people I know personally. People have died. This is, not, this is a matter of people dying, suffering under sanctions, being killed by U.S. wars. And now we have this, this rogue behavior criminal behavior that no other country on earth can engage in. And I just really, I, I need to stress that point as a, a form, someone born and raised in the United States that has left the United States. No, this is not a normal country. People in the United States need to recognize that. It is not a normal country. It is the most authoritarian criminal regime on earth. And people in the United States really need to recognize that. And they need to, to wake up to it. And there needs to be a fundamental, radical, systemic change from the roots. The government can, is completely illegitimate. It is not a legitimate government. It is not a democratic government. It is a rogue authoritarian regime that is completely, that has lost all popular legitimacy in any way, not only domestically, but internationally. And no country on earth should tolerate the U.S. government being able to host the UN headquarters like this. It, it's truly incredible that the US, the most criminal regime on earth, is allowed to host the UN headquarters. There needs to be a movement of people around the world, and there is a movement of countries around the world growing to demand that the UN headquarters be moved to a country that will act responsibly, unlike the US.